I love that piece. And I've been thinking about that, that piece a lot this week. That's Bach's famous prelude in C major. And it comes at the beginning of the Well-Tempered Clavier. And it's a, it's a simple piece in many ways. It's um, something that you might learn as a beginning piano student. But it's a piece that I actually studied in an advanced level graduate course. Um, not to learn how to play it, but to just, you know, uh, be able to talk about the, the mechanics that make, the pe- the, that make that piece work. And um, if I were going to use one word to describe that piece, I would say it's, it's rather predictable. It does exactly what I expect it to do, and because of that, it's very satisfying. Listen to those uh, first four measures again. It's predictable and it's satisfying. And it does exactly what I want it to do. It sets up that, that dominant seven chord, and I'm not trying to give you a lesson in, um, in theory, but it takes that chord. And if I, just, if I just left that chord there, you would really, really, really want me to bring it back, bring it back to that C major, that tonic chord. So it fulfills our expectations. Um, it, it, it does exactly what we predict it to do from the outcome. And that's a really interesting thing because I think predictability, stability, um, met expectations, those are things that we really crave in our life. Um, we really want things to work out in the end the way that we think they will. Um, like, uh, like the Disney movie Frozen 2 says, we love it that some things just never change. Um, but you know, we also, I've been to weddings and it's, it's like we want the happiness and the joy of the wedding day to translate into stability and joy and happiness throughout the marriage. You know, we, we want the optimism and the expectation that we all experience on December 31st, 2019. We want that to somehow uh, be an omen for what 2020 is going to be like. Sometimes, sometimes we're disappointed. Sometimes our predictions um, fall short of what actually happens. Uh, The same thing happened for Peter in today's gospel. Uh, Peter um, tries to put um, Christ in a box. Christ says to him, he says, you know, I'm going to have to die. I'm going to have to die a horrible death. And Peter says, no, no, that can't happen. That's not what we want. That's that's not what we expect. That's um, That's not what our predictions are for this ministry. And, and Jesus famously says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. It, it's almost as though Christ, you know, throws a pie in Peter's face. It's, it's a rebuttal and it's, it's a hard one to hear. Um, but, you know, that's what happens, I think, sometimes when we try to, to put God within the box of our own limited expectations, of our predictable outcomes. When we try to make God fit our plan, that's what happens. There's many things about God that is, that are, that is, that is reliable and predictable. We say, um, 
you know, that God is always with us. And that's true. And we say um, that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And that's true. It's absolutely true. But, you know, there's something else that's true about God. Um, And I think the best way I can say it is that maybe the most predictable thing about God is that God is utterly unpredictable. And, and it's honestly, it's that, very, it's that very unpredictability that I really love about God. And that's also the same reason why I love fishing. You know, I love to fish. I've been fishing uh, practically my whole life. I grew up fishing in the, in the ponds and in the rivers uh, around, uh, around my family's farm. And about 15 years ago, I moved out to Colorado for graduate school and I learned how to fly fish. And I fell in love with it immediately. I love tying my flies. I love getting my gear ready on the night before a trip. I love just being out here in nature, being in, you know, one of these last little bits of our world that hasn't been spoiled by the progress of man. That's what John Prine calls it. But what I really love about fishing, what I love the most about fishing, I love catching fish. (laughs) And I know that might seem like an obvious answer. It is the obvious answer. But... You don't know how little time I spend actually catching fish when I come out here. Most of my time spent on the water is spent trying to decide what fly to fish with um, and a whole lot of time uh, spent fishing but not catching any fish. I think, I think we got some footage of that um, that you'll be able to see. But when I do catch a fish, when the stars align and everything's right and I, and I, I have a fish rise to take my fly, something amazing happens. Something happens that no matter how many times it happens, I don't think I'll ever get tired of it. It's it's surprising. It's unpredictable. You know, I, I think that fishing is always unpredictable, unless if you're throwing a stick of dynamite in a river, it's unpredictable when that fish is gonna rise. But when that fish does rise and take your fly, this animating experience happens. Everything is brought to life by the wildness of that fish. I've watched a lot of videos this week of of different kinds of folks fishing, um, young toddlers catching their first fish with a worm and a bobber, Um, a professional bass fisherman fishing on a southern lake for big bass. Uh, I I found a video of a a woman in Thailand catching fish uh, for her evening meal. I even watched um, a professional uh, commercial fisherman fishing for swordfish. In all of those videos, when they come into touch 
with the fish, with the thing that they've been so trying to catch. When that happens, everything comes to life. It's an animating moment. When I catch a fish, the rod, the reel, the line, and the fly, these inanimate objects suddenly become filled with the wildness of this world, the wild possibility of this creation. And I get to, to touch that wildness for just a moment, just a moment, because it's momentary and it's fleeting. And if you've never experienced it before, you probably don't understand what I'm talking about. I know that fishing can seem like utter foolishness to the uninitiated, but I sure do love it. I know fishing can seem like a foolish thing sometimes. You know, I stand around in rivers like this with the cold water washing over me, most of the time not catching fish. And even when I do catch a fish, I usually throw it back. Fishing can seem like a foolish thing to do to some people, to people who have never done it, I guess. And you know, that's not that different from, uh, from what Jesus and Peter are talking about in today's gospel lesson. Jesus is trying to, to explain to Peter the nature of the gospel, the nature of his ministry on earth. And he says, I will have to die and not just die any death. I will have to suffer a horrible death for the redemption, for the salvation of the world. And Peter says, no, Lord, you don't have to die. That's not what we planned for. That's not what we predicted when, when we joined your ministry, when we joined this cause. And you know what? Sometimes I think we join Peter saying something like that. Sometimes we say um, to Christ and especially to his church, Oh Lord, you can't die. Your church can never die. Uh, the church must survive at all cost. And once we've, once we've put a few more people in the pews, well then we'll get on with, with you know, some ministry to the poor. Maybe then we'll open up that free clinic. Once we've had maybe a couple years of, of, of good stewardship campaigns, certainly not 2020, but, but, but eventually, you know, once we've got a couple good years behind us and our budget is, is, is in order, well, then, then we'll worry about that homeless shelter that our community needs. Maybe once our denomination figures out all these issues, maybe then we'll decide if this church is for us, if this church is the kind of church that my family should be at, the kind of church that's safe and predictable for us. You, you know, I recently saw a church sign that said, our church has hit the pause button in 2020. Mm. And you know, I think Jesus says the same thing to that church. And I think Jesus says the same thing to our church. And I think Jesus says the same thing to all churches that he said to Peter. When we do things like that, he says, get behind me, tempter. I like that older translation. Get behind me, tempter. For our temptation is so great that sometimes 
We put God in a box. We tame this wild God that we worship. And Jesus responds with condemnation. Get behind me, tempter. But you know, you know what's great is Jesus doesn't, he doesn't leave Peter with condemnation. And, and Jesus doesn't leave us and Jesus doesn't leave the church with condemnation. Jesus, Jesus drops a surprise on us. A big surprise. I would call it the gospel surprise. Jesus says to Peter, he says, you know, Peter, you're a fisherman, and if you want to really catch fish, if you want to really take, take your fishing to the next level, don't fish on your side of the boat, fish on my side of the boat. He says, if you really want to, want to lay hold to the life that really is life, the life that, that breathes wildness into the inanimate material of this world, that makes the rocks cry out, take up your cross and follow me. He says to his crew of disciples, who most of them were fishermen, he says to those disciples, it is only when you stop living for yourself that you can begin to live for me and that I can begin to live in you. And it's only when we stop making God in our image that God is able to remake us to recast us in God's image. It's an amazing feeling. It's an animating feeling. And unlike fishing, it's not momentary. It's not fleeting, but it's eternal and it's abundant. You know, not everything about Bach's Prelude in C major is predictable. There's a little bit at the end that I think is actually uh, rather surprising. Um, it still sounds surprising to me um, today, but I bet in box day it sounded even more surprising. Let me show you what I mean. Wait, this isn't right. Oh, sorry, yeah, obviously. That's better. So I'm going to play uh, the final few bars from this prelude, and, and I want to see if you can hear the surprise that Bach gives us. It, it's a little subtle, but it, it's a surprise that draws the piece a little, bit, a little bit further than you might expect it to go. And it's even more satisfying than I think I ever could have predicted. Because Bach gives us, just a few bars out from the end, this chord. And this note, this note draws me deeper. It says, wait, I'm not done yet. I haven't said everything I've got to say. Stay with me just a second more. Go a little deeper. There's more beauty to find if you go just a little deeper. It's amazing. It's amazing what Bach is able to achieve 
with just that one note placed in exactly the right place at exactly the right time. It's why Bach is one of, if not the greatest composers of all time. For me, when I hear this piece and when I hear that note come in at the end, it's as though the composer is reaching out to me saying, just wait, just trust me a little longer. It may come as a surprise to you, but there is more. It may come as a surprise to you, but there is more. I think I've heard those words before in the pages of the Gospels. You know, I think of when Christ said to the, to the disciples who were fishing, he said, don't fish on that side of the boat. Throw your nets on the other side. It may come as a surprise to you, but there is more. More than you ever predicted. I think of when, when Jesus was on the hillside and there were thousands of people and they were hungry and all they had to eat was a couple loaves of bread, a few fish. And Jesus said, give me those fish. And he blessed and he broke and he shared. And he said, it may come as a surprise to you, but there is more, more than you ever expected. And I think of Jesus after his death on the cross and his resurrection, and he, he appears in the upper room with the doubting disciples. And he takes some fish and he eats it. And in that moment, he says to those disciples, to their doubts, and he says to us, and he even says to death, it may come as a surprise to you. But there is more, more than you ever dreamed possible. Amen.